This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here. OTTR headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever it is you get your podcast from with our with our latest last week of wrestling, after darts, under bosses hard taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show wrestling every coming soon so if you like what you see you love professional wrestling you love independent wrestling you love everything about wrestling just yourself give us a tune you know you will not regret it blackheart out welcome to another episode of the freeland five brought to you by front row material and the mlw radio network the Freeland Five is a daily podcast that covers the top five news stories that have piqued my interest in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, let's kind of get right into it. This episode is for March the 16th of 2022. Getting right into it, this is coming from Wrestling Inc. at this hour. Joey Janela confirms he will not be re-signing with AEW. Now, this article is by Matthew Carlins, and it states... Joey Janela's time in AEW is coming to an end. Janela confirmed that his current contract will expire on May 1st, and he says he does not intend to re-sign with the company. In a quote from Janela, I'm going to have to say no right now, Janela told Denise Salcedo. I am not interested in signing with AEW. Interesting comments coming from Janela as Janela made his AEW appearance at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view back in March of 2019. Now, it was already a star on the independent scene before signing with the company, and he admits there was some nervousness about returning to the indies and his roots. In a quote, he says, I was a little scared getting back in the independent wrestling world and making money, Janela said. You take those things for granted. You're getting a paycheck every two weeks, a pretty good paycheck at that. Your head is like, wow, 
When is this going to be over? This is going to disappear at some time. But I was born as a hustler in this business, and I was scared to get back into the world that I was no longer a part of. Back in the day before AEW, I was going out to wrestle for basically nothing, Janela continued. I was just doing it because I love it. I would do three to four shows a week. I would rack up some small paychecks from promoters plus my merchandise, and I'd be satisfied with what I was making. It was, sometimes was a lot of money. But now my price has gone significantly up, so I don't know if the promoters were going to welcome me back into the indies with open arms. But currently I realize that the promoters know the situation. They realize what the situation is going to be, and they've been hurting uh, for a while to get big stars, and they've been hitting me up as well. They say, you want to come back here? We want you to wrestle some of our newer guys. You want to wrestle some of the older guys? Joey said, yep, we want Joey Janela back. So Joey is leaving AEW after his contract is up. You can read the full article that is up currently on Wrestling Inc. right now. Uh, an article, like I said, by Matthew Carlins. What's your thoughts on Joey Janela? You know, there's a lot of people who feel like Joey did not succeed in AEW, not for the fact that he didn't have talent. I think Janela had a lot of talent. But I feel like in some ways Joey did not transition well from the independence to being a TV wrestler, which some people may say, well, what do you mean by that, Mike? And what I mean by that is you have to change what you do. You have to change sometimes the way you handle your movesets and obviously working the crowd and working the cameras. And there's a lot of also other small nuances that really separate somebody from an indie wrestler from someone who's with a major production. So I wish Joey all the best. I know Joey has been around for quite a while. I hope he finds tremendous success on the indies. You know, the indies are hot right now. And uh, ever since the pandemic has kind of slowly come to an end, um, I think that there's going to be a big, 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 uh, demand for Joey just because of all of his exposure that he has had with AEW. So happy for him. I hope everything works out. Once again, at this hour, Eric Mutter with WrestlingInc.com is stating the Hardy Boys will make their AEW tag team debut on the tonight episodes of AEW Dynamite. One week after Jeff Hardy joined AEW and saved his brother, Matt Hardy, from an attack by Andrade's family office, the Hardy Boys will officially make their AEW in-ring debut tonight on Dynamite. It was announced via a press release and social media. The Hardy Boys will take on AFO members Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn of Private Party, in a tag team match. Now, it was incredible to hear the huge pop from the crowd when the Hardys' music hit and to see Jeff reunite with Matt on AEW Dynamite last week. It was an amazing moment for fans around the world. AEW and CEO Tony Khan said in his press release. Khan would go on to say, Jeff Hardy transcends time and is associated with some of wrestling's most iconic moments. Reuniting the Hardys and bringing their encyclopedia of experience to AEW gives fans another exciting chapter in Matt and Jeff's storied legacy in wrestling. Isaiah Casti and Mark Quinn turning on Matt Hardy, a wrestler who they grew up idolizing, is a betrayal that cuts deep. And now Isaiah and Mark Quinn will have to face the brothers who inspired their careers. This will definitely be a battle of the two most innovative tag teams currently going in wrestling today, Private Party versus Matt and Jeff tonight on AEW Dynamite. Great article. Uh, once again, 
that you can find on Wrestling Inc. Love Wrestling Inc. Support them. Support them on social media. Support Raj Geary. Let him know that you heard these articles on the Freeland Five and definitely support Eric Mutter as well. Are you going to be watching AEW Dynamite tonight? You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, Mike, I can DVR it and I can watch it basically whenever I want or... No, I like to watch it live. What what kind of wrestling viewer are you? Are you a DVR or are you a live person? You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of a little bit of both, depending on what my schedule looks like. My wife and I are both school teachers, so coming home, grading papers, eating dinner, sitting down and talking. There's only so many hours in the evening that you actually have, and you want to maximize that. And you also want to get to bed early because... That clock always seems to uh, come around even quicker every morning. But I try to watch as much as I can live, and if I can't, once again, I DVR it. But I think this is going to be a great episode. This is their St. Saint- Patrick's Day episode, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Let me know what your thoughts are with uh, the Hardy Boys. Do you feel like them coming to AEW is going to be um, a big deal, having them as a tag team again? Or do you feel like this is just another nostalgia plug that AEW is trying to do to try to get some more fans in? Um, I think it's going to be good for private party. I think it's going to be good for the other tag teams. I think it's going to help. It's going to help the younger tag teams because Matt and Jeff are going to do a lot of uh, teaching and there's a lot of tutelage that goes on behind the scenes. And I think that those two are definitely um, perfect for a mentorship in the tag team division. All right. Mark Middleton is also writing at this at our Big E reacts to significant support he received after suffering a broken neck. Once again, this is written by Mark Middleton with WrestlingInc.com. Big E took to Twitter today to thank everyone for their support as he is recovering from a broken neck. As noted, Big E suffered a broken neck during last Friday night's SmackDown in Birmingham, Alabama, after taking a belly-to-belly suplex over the head from Ridge Holland at ringside. He was stretched away from ringside area and then taken to a local hospital for further evaluation. Biggie announced that same night that he had suffered a broken neck um, from taking the move. He later announced that he had fractured in his C1 and C6 vertebrae, but he would not need surgery. He also confirmed that there was no structural damage to his spinal cord and there was no ligament damage. So we're very, very happy to, to hear that that is going well. Biggie would go on to say, I used to endure difficult things in my life and I felt very alone, but I feel so immensely loved and supported. I was not prepared for the sheer volume of DMs, calls, texts, and visits. I've never been able to adequately thank you all, he wrote. Now, Big E revealed on Monday that he is already back home in Tampa, Florida, after the brief hospitalization in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, there's still no word on how long Big E is going to be out of action, but we will keep you posted. Continue to follow Wrestling Inc. and Mark Middleton as well. Um, As previously revealed, WWE had big plans for a six-man match at WrestleMania with the New Day, which is Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods versus Holland, Sheamus, and Butch who was formerly known as Pete Dunn. So that's the the situation with him. I I feel that somebody like Big E had a very short title run with the WWE Championship, and that upset a lot of people. And I would be one of those people. I think Big E deserved a longer run with the title. He's been a company man. He's been incredibly dedicated. I mean, he's definitely a needle mover. He's push, push merchandise very well, not only with the New Day, but individually as well. He's got the look that Vince McMahon wants. He's got the charisma and the mic skills. 
I feel like, and this is just my opinion alone, that politics plays a huge, huge part uh, backstage. And unfortunately, you know, maybe Big E just isn't the type of person to put his foot down and speak up and, and make a big fuss about things. He seems like he's a real team player. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that he'll get another shot at being the WWE champion because I feel like a lot of people were so excited about that. And um, yeah, they, they, they loved Big E and I loved it as well. All right, moving on. Scarlett Bordeaux and Killer Cross. They're never going back to Impact Wrestling. Never. Eric Mutter is writing at this hour that formerly known as Killer Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux uh, worked their last Impact tapings, according to Bordeaux. They will no longer return to that promotion. When asked at a virtual signing at Captain's Corner about going back to Impact, Bordeaux dismissed the idea outright. She went on to say, we're never going back to Impact. Never. Now, after leaving Impact, Bordeaux and Cross would both wind up in WWE, where they remained there until the fall of 2021. Now, according to Bordeaux, however, she almost wound up with another promotion, though she didn't reveal which company it would have been. I was going to sign with a different company that wasn't WWE, Bordeaux revealed. I was looking at some contracts, and some other contracts didn't look so great. My mom was telling me that she had a bad feeling about it. I had a bad feeling about it. Then I was thinking, I feel like I have to reach out to WWE one more time before I sign this. And I felt in my gut something was not right. And then, well, let's just say I got a call from WWE. I would be heartbroken. So I reached out to them, and they were interested in me for the first time in almost 10 years. Me and Cross both were trying to work there for a long time. I had an extra 25 times before finally getting the job. I was Rosebud 15 of those times, and 15 out of 25, well, 100% of that leads to a Rosebud. My first auditioning was probably 2011 when I was supposed to get in the ring with AJ Lee, but I barely knew how to bump, and then they saw something in me that was my first step through the WWE doors, and then I finally end up landing a job in 2019. What we've heard right now is Killer Cross is going to be heading to uh, New Japan. So he will be doing some things in New Japan. He was widely believed to be signing with AEW. However, that situation never came to fruition. However, we do feel happy that both of them are in a good place right now, and we will uh, we will find out. All right, let's go on to our next story, which I feel like is going to be really, really interesting. This article comes from E-Wrestling News. I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen this, but there was a, a photo um, on Britt Baker's Twitter page, and it was Britt Baker and Trish Stratus going face-to-face. -face. AEW Women's World Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, went on Twitter posting a photo of herself and WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. Why don't we caption this photo, she added, using a smirky emoji. Now, what do we think about this? I mean, this is an interesting thing here. Is this some type of tease? Or is this just two female wrestlers having some fun, they're friends, and they just want to see if they can stir the pot a little bit? I think it's more likely the latter of that. Do I think Trish Stratus is going to come into AEW? I don't. I feel like Trish is very much a WWE lifer. I feel like she's very loyal to that company, very loyal to that brand, and, and especially Vince McMahon. You know, she's gone on record many times over the years saying how much she's appreciated what Vince has done for her in her career. 
Now, would a Trish Stratus uh, Britt Baker match be a lot of fun to watch? Oh, absolutely, it would be. Um, could it happen? Sure, I think anything is possible. Do I think it will happen? I don't, but you know what? As they say in wrestling, never say never. All right, let's move on. This is once again e-wrestling uh, news. This is from Ryan Clark. The story is about Jay Briscoe once again apologizing for his past homophobic tweets. Uh, let's go into this. As reported last week, uh, someone within Warner Media. Um, has gone to talk to Tony Khan about the Briscoes. The reason for this is due to several homophobic tweets that Jay Briscoe had made back in 2013. Now, during the latest edition of Battleground Podcast, Jay said once again he apologized for those tweets. You can obviously check out the apology on Battleground Podcast. Um, on getting the backlash for his 2013 tweets, he apologized again, saying, I quote, I want to say thank you to the people who really know me. We get labeled as homophobic. I put out a stupid tweet nine years ago, the most dumbest, immature, obnoxious shit I've ever done. I don't want anybody from any walk of life to feel that they can't care for the Briscoes because I promise we love everyone. We love everybody and we just want to go out there and be pro wrestlers and give the best matches we can. I said some dumb shit a long time ago. I apologized for it and I'll apologize for it again. It was stupid. I feel like now we are in a better place. People can cheer for the Briscoes. And I just want to have a chance, another chance at this. We don't hate anybody. We love everyone. We're just some country boys. I thought taking a stand for the Lord a long time ago. So as we know, um, Jay is a religious man. And, um, you know, I, I think he's, he's, he's showing contrition. And I think he is genuinely apologetic. I don't feel like this is something that is just for business purposes. I feel like he does feel bad about it. And, I mean, if he didn't, he probably wouldn't make as big of a deal of it as it is. Now, look, Ring of Honor is is going to be in some formation. Um, I would assume the Briscoes would be a part of that in some way, shape, or form. Warner Media um, did not want to bring them into AEW because of said tweets nine years ago. But I think you got to look at some things and when people do things and then people say things, and this is just my opinion, we do a lot of dumb stuff. I've done a lot of dumb stuff. I've said a lot of dumb stuff. I've hurt people's feelings before and I realized I was a jackass. But when you apologize, the whole goal of apology is to say, you know what? I screwed up and I realize I screwed up and Hopefully in life, the older we get, we we mature a little bit more and we realize that some of the things we said and done were really out of place and they weren't truly how we feel in our heart. And I feel like Jay means that. And, and like I said before, Jay, it seems like is a religious man. He said it was nine years ago. I was immature. I think if you, you really mean what you say and you're not just apologizing because you want to get a paycheck, I think you do need to be given a second chance. Uh, this was a comment on Jay realizing he was wrong. He says, and I quote, you realize from that immaturity that that's not what you want, not because it's what you're doing. Um, he says he loves everything. He loves what he does. Uh, what you thought you were doing, you thought you were doing something right, but that wasn't taking a stand for the Lord. It was counterproductive to the kingdom of God, not only being a human being and relating to what other humans that we live and love. So 
Um, once again, what, what can you say at this point? It's a situation of, are you going to believe Jay? Do you support Jay? Do you feel like he should get a second chance? Or do you feel like, you know what, guess what? He said what he said and he's done. You know, a lot of people could say the very same thing about the Hulk Hogan situation. You know, he seems to be a lightning rod. Uh, he, the comments were made, what, like 11 years ago, and then they got brought up several years ago. So much time has gone by. I'm not saying it erases the comments he made because it doesn't. I think people in this day and age, we need to, if someone, like I said, if someone genuinely wants to apologize for their transgressions and means it and is not looking to use it as a leverage to get them something, if they mean it, then I think we do as human beings owe somebody a second chance. I'm grateful that people have given me a second chance. Trust me, I've been a complete asshole in many situations, and it's only for the people who said, you know what, I'm going to give him a second shot, that I have the things that I have in my life. So j just always remember, um, before you pass judgment on anybody, please just understand where people are coming from and try to step into their shoes. And people come from all different walks of life. And that's what you have to accept. Not everyone's going to see things the way you do. But at the end of the day, we still have to respect each other. All right, let's go on with our next story. Uh, this is from Stefano Bringati uh, from E-Wrestling News. Brian Cage says there is a plan for his AEW return. Now, some of you have been following the Brian Cage story. Uh, Brian has not been wrestling on TV for quite a while. I believe his last match was sometime uh, this past fall. And so he's been out of wrestling all of winter and into this spring. Now, some of you may also be familiar that his wife went on social media and she was very adamant and very vocal about the way she felt Brian was being treated. It led to a situation where Brian's contract was going to be coming up, whether or not AEW was going to uh, renew. They had a one-year option to renew it. They did pick up that option. And it seems like AEW uh, and Brian Cage are starting to at least have open communication about what is next. Now, some people believe that the only reason AEW picked up his contract extension was to prevent him from going to WWE, but I guarantee Tony Khan is not going to trap people into contracts that they don't want to be in. Tony has said on numerous occasions, if someone doesn't want to be here, I'm going to let them go. Um, if someone asks for their request and they don't want to be here, there's no point in keeping someone. I mean, look at the Cody Rhodes situation, for example. He had the option to extend Cody's contract for another year and keep him in AEW and leaving. Uh, but he didn't because if someone's not happy, then what's the point of keeping him there? You know, you don't want to have somebody miserable who doesn't want to be there uh, working in an environment. So Brian Cage was recently on the going Broadway podcast where he hinted at his imminent AEW return in a quote. He says, there is a plan. I guess that's about as much as I can throw out there right now. We'll just wait and see. Now, the former FTW champion said that he pitched several ideas, and while some of them changed, the main plan of bringing him back didn't. In a quote, I've pitched different ideas. There were ideas that changed up towards the end. I came up with a couple of different ideas. There are different creative ideas, and some were more detailed than others. It's all supposed to formulate into this big plan that is underway. Uh, while he was on Chris Jericho's cruise in October, Cage's last AEW appearance on air was September 1st when he lost to Powerhouse Hobbs on Dynamite. Since then, he has had several matches on the independent circuit. 
So yes, when I said this fall, September 1st, um, outside of his indie appearances. But what's your thoughts on Brian Cage? I think he's a fen- I think he's a phenomenal talent. Um, when I watched him in Impact Wrestling, I thought he was great. I loved him in Lucha Underground as well. I've watched him in several indie shows. Um, I've seen him, I believe, working with New Japan. And the reason why WWE didn't sign him was because he had an injury and it was going to keep him out for several months. And then Tony Khan said, injury or not, we're going to pick you up because we are going to invest in you long-term. And that's actually what stopped, you know, anyone else from picking you up because Tony Khan went ahead and, and went in there and, and, and got him a, a good contract. So hit me up what you think about Brian Cage. Um, I am at Mike Freeland on social media, which is Twitter. I am at M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. I would love to hear what your thoughts are as far as a lot of not only Brian Cage, but anything else going in the world of wrestling. Uh, wrestling is a very hot thing right now. And, you know, a lot of things are going on in different promotions. So, all right, let's talk about this. This is from um, Wrestling Observer Online. This is an article that has been written by Ian Carey. Finn Balor missed the WWE Royal Rumble due to his work visa renewal. Yep, Balor missed over a month of action after returning home to Ireland. Now, WWE U.S. Champion Finn Balor missed this year's Royal Rumble and over a month of action after having to travel home to Ireland to renew his work visa. Now, the 40-year-old was gone from WWE from January 17th through February 21st. In a quote, Balor says, I didn't want to take any time off. I didn't want to miss any shows. I didn't need any time off. I wasn't injured. I didn't need to rest, Balor told BT Sports. Legally, my visa needed to be renewed and I needed to go home to Ireland and then go to the U.S. Embassy to get a new visa. That's why I wasn't able to be in the Royal Rumble and that's why I wasn't there, meaning WWE, for a month. Now, Balor eventually returned to WWE on February 21st Raw, teaming with Tommaso Ciampa in a win over the Dirty Dogs. The following week, he defeated Damian Priest to win the U.S. title. In a quote, Balor says, it was strictly a legal paperwork issue that had to get rectified, Balor continued. It had kind of been pushed and pushed and pushed through the whole COVID situation because we really couldn't travel. A window finally opened up and we said, look, we're going to have to get this done eventually. Let's just do it now. Uh, we had some time off. Unfortunately, I had to reluctantly go back, get that done. But now we're good. I'm taken care of for the next 10 years. So. I'm happy for Finn Balor. I really am. I think he's a tremendous, tremendous talent in, in WWE. Let me know what your thoughts are. Are you a Finn Balor fan? Um, obviously, I loved his time in Bullet Club. I loved his time over in New Japan. I don't know. I feel like in some ways Finn Balor gets thrown a bone every once in a while, but has never really gotten the big, massive push to go towards a WWE championship, which I feel like he should be in the mix for something like that. Um that's just my opinion. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what your thoughts are. Love to hear what your feelings are regarding that. Let's go ahead and let's hit up with some more AEW news. Once again, this is from Wrestling Observer. Ian Carey is writing, AEW's new acquisition, William Regal, opens up about past serious health issues and an emergency heart surgery. Let's go in and find out all the details of what happened here. 
The new AEW roster member, William Regal, opened up on Chris Jericho's podcast regarding serious health issues he had to deal with, including being told he had 24 hours to live in early of 2019. Now, the 53-year-old was a guest on Talk is Jericho and spoke openly about having open-heart surgery, sepsis in his leg, and other health-related challenges. In a quote, Regal said, I was in the hospital for eight weeks. I was given at one point 24 hours to live. I had sepsis in my leg. They were going to cut my leg off this January 4th, 2019, he said. Back in 1998, uh, I got another infectious. It was an inflammatory of the sac around your heart. Um, and what it does is it scars the sac. So your heart can beat, but the sac can sort of lock it down, he said. Regal detailed the serious neck injury he believes he suffered in 1993 during a match with Ricky Steamboat. The injury went untreated for many years and it eventually required multiple surgeries, including one to fuse four discs in his neck together. With his wrestling career over, he wasn't training as much, which led to further heart issues. Now, in a quote, Regal says, because I had stopped wrestling and because I had slowed down, the sack around my heart locked down. Basically, the scarring locked down and it started to calcify inwards slowly and slowly. I was having more and more things, such as my heart going out of them, my legs swelling up, uh, and I was going to the doctor to get more and more different treatments. Regal would eventually need further surgery on his neck after his wound opened up and began to leak spinal fluid. He then detailed further health issues that he experienced in addition to all of that. He said, in 2018, started in the first few months, I was having all this swelling in my legs. I would go to a scouting trip in Costa Rica. When I got off the plane, I felt a bit dizzy, but not bad. And then, just so nobody knows, no drinking, no anything, that all things were with my heart, he explained. Now, he also went and said he was in the airport. He had fallen down the escalator, shattering his left eye socket. So, so many things going on with William Regal. He's opening up. I did not know. I was not aware of the seriousness of his health issues. Maybe you guys were more familiar with that. Um, it's horrible to read something like that. But what's your thoughts on William Regal coming back to AEW? Um, when I saw him with Moxley and, and Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to refer to him as, um, I thought it was great, but I also think that he needs to be a part of the new Ring of Honor. He needs to be the creative person behind that. He could definitely be utilized in a much more proficient way than being an on-air manager. Um I, I just think he would be a huge building block for the future of AEW and Ring of Honor. You know, Tony Khan is going to be, as he said, the booker for he's the booker for Dynamite and Rampage, and he's also going to be the booker for Ring of Honor. But I, I think Tony has a lot on his plate, and I think he needs to utilize some of these very talented people that are around him and say, hey, listen, let's go ahead and let's kind of delegate some of this out. Look at the people that you have there. I mean, you have William Regal. You have Jake the Snake Roberts, who, from a mind standpoint, is one of the best minds in wrestling. You know, you have Dean Malenko there. You have Billy Gunn there. You have Jerry Lynn there. You have so many people who, in my opinion, are very, very capable of putting together these wrestling shows and being mentors backstage and really taking some of the pressure maybe off of Tony and, and just saying, hey, we got this for you. So I think that'll be very, very interesting. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are about that. I would love to know uh, what your take is on some of these stories. 
uh, hit me up on social media. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E, Freeland, F-R-E-L-A-N-D, all together. And uh, let me know. Share your thoughts. Uh, at this hour as well, NWA Power Surge results. The build for the Crockett Cup continues. Now this week's Power Surge focus on this year's Crockett Cup tournament and the upcoming NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. This article is written by Josiah McDonald. The opening moments of NWA Power Surge this week featured Joe Golly, Billy Corgan, and Pat Kennedy going over the seedings on the Crockett Cup for this year. Now, the first seed was La Rebellion, and it was announced that Harry Smith would be Doug Williams' partner in the tournament. The rest of the brackets can also be seen in this article as well. Um, I think it's going to be a good Crockett Cup, in my opinion. I think it's going to be really, really good. So, I don't know. I, I don't know many people who follow NWA that closely, but I think it'll be really, really interesting. Um, also in this episode, Jay Spade defeated Sal Renero with Danny Deals. Another great one. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not really into Sal Renero's demon-possessed gimmick, but I can't fault him for going all in and trying to make it work. He might win me over. Uh, Joe suggested that it was sinister now. And he takes that time for all the effort that's been put into making it. I can change my mind, he said. However, it's bizarre that Danny Deals is still in his corner rather than the sinister minister. But we shall see what things last. Um, Allison K defeated Missa Kate. Missa Kate, you might have heard her on Front Row Material and Future Stars Now. She's a great, great young talent. Uh, K and Kate had a great match here with some... Uh, short hope spots for Kate. I like how the NWA does this every now and then with their established talent, giving them shine before defeating them. Kate looked great in this, and Kate looked like she um, was not missing a whole lot. Uh, but it had she was no talent to compete with Kay. Kate got the win after Kate missed a corkscrew splash, allowing Kay to plant Kate with the AK-47. Uh, Judas with Sinister Minister defeated Jamie Stanley. Now Judas is not just working, is not working for me at all. It not only gets worse with more and more every time they try to push him. Judas killed Stanley in this match, which got mild applause because Stanley is good at being disliked. But this match was heel versus heel, which also makes it odd. Judas hit a butterfly suplex into the turnbuckle on Stanley, but it looked like he planted Stanley on his head like a paradigm shift, but by accident. So that had to hurt. Stanley managed to hit a flying crossbody on Judas, then dropped the elbow, but Judas grabbed him by the throat, chokeslammed him. Judas pinned him, but out of the pin, and he did the crucifix for the win. So Judas defeats Jamie Stanley. So if you're wanting to know some final thoughts about this one, this is coming from the Wrestling Observer. Not the usual format for an NWA show, but I like the way they do episodes like this, and they really focus on telling stories for all the matches which in this case, they are telling stories of the tag teams involved in the upcoming Crockett Cup. The fixers are a delight, and the wrecking ball is hilarious. I'm critical of the holes in production and storytelling the NWA does sometimes, but it was a good show overall, and it was very hyped for the Crockett Cup. Uh, if you would like to read more about this, uh, Josiah McDonald wrote this, and you can find this um, on the Wrestling Observer. Are you an NWA fan? Some people are, are big NWA fans. Some people are really big Impact fans, and they don't really spend a whole a lot of time focusing on WWE or 
um, you know, NXT or AEW. So I think it would be very, very interesting. Um, those are all the stories right now that are trending on the major wrestling websites. I hope you guys enjoyed this. That does not mean that they're the only stories. There are so many other stories out there. Please support uh, the Wrestling Observer. Please support uh, E-Wrestling News. Support Wrestling Inc. Um, there's so many great, great writers out there. Let them know that uh, you heard their articles written um, here on the Freeland Five. It's always important to give credit to all of those I'm just a guy scouring the internet, reading different things, and giving you the daily updates of everything that's happening right now. All right, guys, don't forget, each and every Friday, Front Row Material and Future Stars Now audio podcast drops anywhere where podcasts are made available. Uh, You can follow us on the MLW Radio Network on MLWRadio.com. You can also go ahead and find our shows being posted on Twitter at MLW Radio. Also, the Freeland Five is brought to you each and every day by the MLW Radio Network and our great, great sponsors as well. Please, by all means, the commercials that air during this episode support these podcasts. I am a huge fan of the Brocast podcast. I'm a really big fan of Shining Wizards. And another podcast has just jumped on here with us as well. Uh, This brand new podcast is Off the Top Ropes podcast uh, with Blackheart. So definitely support them. Hit them up on social media. Let them know, hey, you know what? I heard your commercial on the Freeland 5. So let's go ahead and let's spread the word. Let's get as much information out there to wrestling fans as we can. All right. With that being said, I hope your Thursday is going well. We'll catch you next time on the Freeland 5. The rule of 